0: Paul, are you okay?
1: You know, I am incredible.
0: Okay, well you know how Spotify sponsored TFR the podcast now. Yeah, I do know that. And you know how Spotify for Creative's demo lets you analyse your streaming habits. Yes. Well I was looking at yours to get some inspiration for this ad, and well, I'm just not really sure if listening to the Imperial Death March at six AM every day for two years is normal.
1: It sets me up for a day with you fuckers. Dum, 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 dum,
0: dum, dum, dum. Yeah, that's the one. Dum, dum. So dum, check out Spotify dum, dum, for dum, dum, com and here's dum, the dum, podcast. Dum, dum. <laughs> Welcome to Take Fucking Risks, the podcast for people who want to blow shit up.
1: Yep, we're the podcast for the rule breakers, the outcasts, the people that want to take a fucking risk.
0: Today we are joined by Pip Jameson, who is the founder and CEO of The Dots, the platform that is taking the creative industry by fucking storm. Yeah,
1: five hundred thousand members, ten thousand brands recruiting on it. Easy. Fucking yes. Yes. Welcome, Pip.
0: Glad you is.
2: Hey. That sounds amazing. It's <laughs> like a gunshot. It's it's raw. When can I drink? Now. Oh yeah. it's like her already. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. 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 This is this yeah. They're I'm usually a Prosecco right? tug. Oh, So this <laughs> oh, is a no, proper no. treat. <laughs> I'm like this is ri- this is jam- oh. This, is, <laughs> this is what it tastes like. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah I, d- I just don't think Tat and you are really into their fucks.
2: Probably not. A bit
0: reverse
1: psychology. You'll never be a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> have a hundred bottles. Yeah. Okay, so welcome, Pip. Thank,
0: Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you for coming. It's good yeah. to be in the
1: pink, haven. Yeah, the pink <laughs> haven. It's
0: never been called that before. I like yeah, it. I
1: like it. So you founded the Dots in 2014. You're like giggling in my face. Uh, <laughs> like the giggliest person that, uh, that I've, I think I've ever met. Why the Dots?
2: I just, I just hated LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so I was working in the creative industries and all my friends were working in just a really different way than that traditional corporate white collar workforce. And... You know, we were increasingly freelancing, portfolio careers, side hustles, and all my mates were working creatively. And I use creativity in its broadest sense of the word, but I was surrounded by friends who were coming up with ideas and building teams around them to execute on those ideas. And that kind of really dry way of promoting yourself on LinkedIn just didn't work for them. And so I just wanted to create a better solution for the workforce that was coming through that helped them develop their careers, help them build their brand, find people to network with, help them find jobs, but in a way that just didn't feel like a stuffy old linkedin yeah. um, stale corporate, homogenous is- beast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shots fired. Absolutely fired! I yeah. love it. Yeah,
1: but well, no, but it is, isn't it? Like LinkedIn's built on like the people. And it's like a
2: CV. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Yeah. Right? yeah,
0: true. Do you have the same opinion on LinkedIn now?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, hats off to Reid Hoffman, who's the founder. Having founded a business, I know how bloody hard it is. But you know, it's just built around a different way of work. So it works so well if you're like an accountant or a lawyer. But when it comes to creativity, that's just not how it works. So the big difference, I guess, between us and LinkedIn is instead of a CV, people post projects, but Mm -hmm. then tag the full team or credit the full team around those projects. And so a campaign can go up and it will be like, this is a creative director, but this is the account manager, the producer, it's the full kind of... People that make ideas happen, I guess. And it's a recognition that creativity is a team sport. You need support from people around you to help those ideas come to life. And that's yeah. kind of the, the community we look up.
1: Because like most people go, oh yeah, I've, I've got a little start whatever, but yours is fucking massive. So <laughs> yeah. Let's tell people that haven't heard of the dots just how fucking big so, it is. So
2: yeah, we're nearly half a million members, which is kind of amazing to watch, having started it from my houseboat in Kings Cross. Um, <laughs> but we've got over 10,000 brands that use us now to find talent, which has just been crazy really um, from an idea and then getting it there. so we look after like all the brands that work across the creative industries and that includes tech brands like Google who use us fashion brands like Burberry the Tate mostly advertising industry design industry um, fashion film photography I'm going to miss ma- publishing loads of segments but yeah it's um, it's lovely to see that all come to yeah,
1: life it's massive <laughs> yeah, huge yeah F- I mean 500 million uh, 500 million 500 500, 000, 000. 000. that would be That's awesome <laughs> yeah. so just just had a couple of zeros on there. It's fine. Yeah, Wear yeah, her.
0: no biggie. It will be on day. You you have said in
2: previous sort of interviews that
0: you want to kill LinkedIn. That I got clickbaited so <laughs>
2: badly. It was awful. It was my first ever experience of this. Like people I chat to are usually really nice, and I'm really honest. And I was uh, had a call with Forbes, and this girl goes, "Oh, so you want to um you want to kill LinkedIn?" And I was like, "Yeah," and she goes, "Quote," and I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" I was no. like, "No," you know, because actually one of our core cool, like values at the dots is positivity. I'm like, they're going, oh, my God. And also, I do actually have a massive respect for Reed who started it, but it's just wrong for our community. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those first times in my life where I like, oh, my God, I've got to stop being like careful of what I say, and I felt so bad. So, yes, I want to help this community, which I believe is the future. And I think LinkedIn has definitely had its place in time, but mm-hmm. the generations coming through, that's not how they work anymore. So as my generation sort of like... Gets to be the dominant generation. Yes, in theory, I guess we'll kill LinkedIn. But I hate that quote. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I love how you said through regretted TV. I'll kill it.
1: But, but yeah. that takes—I that, mean—that takes lots of funding and lots of money. And you've been really successful. i been uh, really successful at gaining some really good funding.
2: Yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> yeah, it's been really hard. <laughs> um, so so you, yeah, you I just I'm, said you
0: work. That you work six days a week.
2: Yeah, so I work six days a week, probably 14, 15 hour days. I have holidays at Christmas because it's the one time the platform goes quiet because no Mm -hmm. one gives a shit about their career over Christmas. True, But I love it, and so it doesn't feel like work, and that's the magical bit is when you completely love the people you're looking after. And yeah, things like raising investment are terrifying and scary, and we've managed to go through two rounds now. This isn't about like selling it in three years, this is about building the next LinkedIn. So yeah, I'm going to go through multiple rounds before Mm -hmm we get out the other yeah. end
1: um was it the last round of funding you managed to acquire john hegarty as chairman
2: yeah he, that was actually our first round it our first yeah round. it was amazing so john like the fact um, that you get to acquire him like, he's yeah, so fucking, cool come here, john. he's so amazing yeah. yeah i went and i went and pitched john so i was introduced to john by an amazing guy called brent hoberman who started lastminute.com and may.com and um i went in to see john and he just so just got it and so he invested in my first round but he also came on as a as my chairman so he's a shareholder and my chairman and then he um, invested again on my last round and yeah he's still chairman and he's just such a legend because he's one of these brilliant brains where he's still very much on the times mm. but also just got this incredible creative legacy and he's just so nice Is he? he's yeah. so nice yeah. he's yep. gonna think Martin Sorrell one end of the spectrum <laughs> legacy, the other end of the yeah. spectrum and not to agree the two yeah. shall me. yeah.
0: um, yeah. well, meet that would be in great that would be something like they can have a fight yes that's what I'm thinking yeah. red corner blue corner
1: because I think Sir John would probably fight fair you know like you know Queensby mm. Rules but yeah you <laughs> Uh, Martin Sorrell, little fucking dick, isn't he? Like, he'd fight dirty, you know, like, dagger or something, like, in his boot, like, ready to, like, get you, you know. I think he would fight dirty. I think
2: that's the best summary ever.
1: But you're a bit of a serial entrepreneur. This is not your first go at being your own boss.
2: No, second go. Um, So, yeah, is that serial? If you do two? Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, no, second go. So, So what was the first one? It was actually a very similar one to this. So, it was like I launched a baby sister version of the Dots in Australia, which I scaled to being the biggest network over there. There. Um, and then I hit that classic startup hurdle where my business partner at the time didn't want to expand internationally. Um, and I kind of realized that he wanted a lifestyle business and I wanted global domination, yeah. um, <laughs> which is really crazy. Actually, when I was raising investment, I'd tell that story to potential investors and they'd be like, oh, she. And I was like, no, he was the guy who wanted a lifestyle business. I was the one that yeah. wanted. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it was a crazy journey. So I had to sell my business in Australia. But I acquired the global technology rights. I then, um, a number of the team relocated from Australia to help me start up again. Everything I made in Australia, I put back into the business here. Okay. So I went from start-up to scale-up all the way back to start-up again. My husband keeps asking me how much money is left in my Australian bank account. And, I'm <laughs> just, and I think he's got the point that I've spent a lot. Because every time he asks, I'm like, we'll talk about it later. And so it's like, okay. How many
1: more divertory tactics can yeah. you do yeah. yeah. exactly. yeah.
2: I love you <laughs> I really love you um, I like that yeah
1: so it was so it was in the blood from early on then you what is it something you always wanted to do
2: no not at all like I never I was never one of those people like I'm gonna start a business or I'm gonna be an entrepreneur I didn't think I even knew what entrepreneur was when I was at uni it was just not really a thing back then it was literally just I was having a nightmare while I was at MTV for my own professional career finding people but also promoting myself and mm-hmm. I just wanted to create a better solution to what that was. So I just literally saw a problem and wanted to kind of design a solution around that problem and I guess the rest is history. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, what are the plans? What, what's 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 next on the horizon? Yeah. So
2: we raised the round, um, which was about a year ago now. So that's all been about like literally expansion, mainly here in the UK. Because and what I love about the UK is it's the biggest. We call our community no-collar workers, so mm. creators, freelancers, entrepreneurs. Um, it's the biggest market in the world. So it's really about nailing here. And at the moment, we're developing a roadmap for international expansion, and then I'll be raising it again in sort of a year's time. To then build on that expansion, so yeah, it's kind of a really exciting time, I guess. Yeah, it's great. It great, is great. There's just
0: non no stopping you.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just really? it's non stop. <laughs> but it's a magical experience. Like for anyone that's ever started a business, it's just totally. wonderful taking something that's an idea and then and then building it out. And we've just got the loveliest community. We've got new, no arsehole role in the community, yeah. so. Yeah, I, I will delete profiles of people start playing up. Um, I could never run Twitter because I would have de- deleted Trump like years ago. It's just been inbuilt in those technologies from the yeah. start. And I just, I think people are just want another way now. You want a place that, and especially with the creative industries, I just wanted to create somewhere that's really supportive and nurturing yeah. and everyone supports each other. You know, if you want to have a bitch and mind, going to Twitter, if you want to actually kind of nurture your career and meet nice people then come to the dots, so Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've had the weirdest emails, like we do these big diversity campaigns. So for Black History Month, we did a complete black takeover of the dots so we only feature black talent projects created by black talent we sent out a newsletter and I got some really um, nasty messages back like one person was like is this a Ku Klux Klan for like black people and I was just like my favourite thing is I went straight to the dots and I just went delete (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I'm not even going to respond to whoever you are just get the fuck off my platform so um, it's quite nice being able to be in a position where you can do that just Um, cancel out the negativity yeah Yeah. just feral out there right for sure (laughs) Well, that's one thing about The Doctors
0: is that you are such a hugely diverse platform. Mm-hmm. So you've got something like 68% uh,
2: female to male ratio. 31% BAME, 16% MLGBT. Um We also do a lot of work on neurodiversity, which is dyslexia, autism, dyspraxia, mm-hmm. um, supporting disabled talent and promoting disabled talent. It, you know, I just, whenever I was on LinkedIn, I just felt like you had to be this homogenous suited, like person to succeed in this world. And everything we try and do is the opposite. It's our differences that make us absolutely brilliant and that's what we try and keep together but i got shit on twitter for that because someone's like well 68 female is not very diverse and i'm like well linkedin skews the other way so mm-hmm. sod that if i'm readdressing the balance i'm really happy to kind of do that and absolutely it's our differences that make us special if we're all the same we can't think differently
1: so that but that's baked into the platform though that's what you're saying it's from the off it's like we're going to be as different as we possibly can we're going to promote as much diverse talent as we possibly can.
2: Yeah, we actually fix our algorithm. So more diverse talent comes up the tougher search results, which um, I'm not sure if I'll get sued for one day, but I don't <laughs> really care. Um, so yeah, the way we do that is, for example, we have curation, I have a whole curation team that choose who to feature on the platform. So we have curation rules in place where we have to feature over 50% female, over 30% BAME. And it's incredible to see how role modeling is so important. Like if you can see it, you can be it. That actually then feeds into our algorithm, which means more diverse talent comes up to the top and I love men by the way I'm looking you, you feature does. so yeah. I'm quite hey. happy then.
0: you put <laughs> on um, you put on Instagram recently you were like uh, yes I am a feminist no I don't hate men yeah. Yeah. couldn't yeah. be more true, like, so just, true just because yeah. you're supporting women does not mean that you fucking hate
2: men diversity is intersectional so just because um, you're a white man doesn't mean that you're not diverse for other reasons mm-hmm. or doesn't mean that you're not a diversity advocate like it's crazy that it's one, to, one against the other yeah. you know so yeah it's it should be all of us together because together we'll just make better stuff and um, that's not about us against them or anything like that it's about all of us just coming together to make magic
0: I love you keep saying magic oh, do I keep we, saying we magic. like the word magic okay, as well no no it's, a, it's a, our uh, email address is magic at com. I must have
2: subliminally read your email <laughs> on the way here. Was magic, like magic, every magic 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 magic, magic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, That's how it works. Well, it's so funny. I was at an event the other day and I had a dots bag and someone was next to me and they're like, oh yeah, we joined the dots. And I was like, he's just subliminally read that and yeah. he's just come out. And it's so weird. That's yeah. Work.
0: And you were like, haha, I own it. <laughs> 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 That's my baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So leading on from what you've just said, what are your thoughts on equal representation within our industry?
2: We've got a long way to go mm. um, is the reality of it. There's so many challenges that we face. It depends on the industry, actually. Mm. Because um, we look after all of the creative industries, so I mean what i 'm really heartened about at the moment is I think there is real intent. I mean, we work with obviously t- over ten thousand brands, and we feel that they really do want to change now i mean we 've created a solution where they can hire great diverse talents, so that 's brilliant but I guess some of the challenges is you can hire, but can you retain is another challenge that the industry is facing. So there's been a lot of let's get brilliant, diverse people into a building, and then is it actually set up for diversity? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the next wave of what's gotta be fixed. And there's brilliant organizations out there like Creative Equals Mm -hmm. and um, We Are Stripes who are doing that more in actual organizations. But what I am definitely positive about is creativity is better for creativity i mean creativity is that's my <laughs> dyslexia of course creativity is better for creativity. The champagne. <laughs> be the champagne. <laughs> um, diversity is better for creativity better for innovation but actually, it's better for retention. So um, Creative Equals did this amazing research where it said that teams are um, 43% more likely to stay with the business if the team is reflective of society as a whole. And I think what is really important for a lot of businesses right now, there's a big churn problem happening across the industry. If you're serious about churn, you've got to be serious about diversity and creating inclusive workforces. So I am positive but I am an optimist I think it's the best way to kind of describe it there's still a lot of work to be done at both ends of the spectrum but I also love to see like more young talent coming through like awesome work that DNA D's doing with the DNA D shift and you know it's actually opening up the industry so mm. yeah it's 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 loads of people coming together to try and make change and to, i feel yeah. like there is a sea change happening right now which is great
1: oh, I, I agree with that because i don't think that it's one person's job you know it's it's yeah. everyone's job yeah. and it's something that nikki kemp said people say that it's there's initiativitis in the industry and i think that's but and she was saying that's bullshit because how can you have too many initiatives okay that it probably would have a bit more impact if there was just one that everyone got behind mm. but no one's going to do that you've got to have lots of different people that Old.
2: appeal to different yeah
1: appeal to different people all trying to move in the same direction yeah
2: and it's also it's a recognition that different groups require different support like yeah, you know yeah. I do a lot of work on neurodiversity you know the challenges that someone with autism will face or dyslexia like myself is completely different from an, an, another person might face and so there has to be different initiatives designed to help with those solutions and I think it's just a big groundswell coming together and to be honest the ones that are saying that they're just the ones that are probably There's churning the through talent Yeah. Probably the ones that are really hitting the buffers right now. I mean, if you wanted to survive in a modern world, they're going to have to change. And if they don't, then oh, oh, good well, reasons, we won't basically. be any worse <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the industry won't be yeah. any
0: worse off without them. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> show you where the fucking door is, myself. <laughs> so that sort of leads me on to another question. Um, like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that you are one of the most successful businesswomen uh, in the creative industry today. Like, there's no yeah. doubt. Hats off. Hats off, absolutely. In the uh, intro script that I wrote, I was going to say we've got Pip Jameson. Applause, everybody. That was in my actual <laughs> intro. Do you feel as though being dyslexic has sort of held you back at all, or how have you had to be creative to like succeed to the extent that you have?
2: Got okay. So when I was young, dyslexia is an absolute nightmare. So I hit about seven, and something happened. Like I just went from seeming to be bright to. Seeming to be totally stupid, I could not grasp anything that wasn 't really happening at school and And so I had like a nightmare probably from like 7 to 17. I didn't really learn to read until I was 11. I was really lucky because I was diagnosed really early actually because my mum was doing these charity shows. She used to go around um, doing puppet shows um, and it was educational puppet shows about um, disabilities. So they were these giant puppets and they'd educate kids on cerebral palsy how it may be a physical disability but it's not a mental disability and they're just like us. And so while she was working for that charity she heard about this thing called dyslexia which no one had really. Known about and she was like oh my god that's what Pip's got oh. so i was i was really lucky but for every one of me there's tens of thousands i guess of my age that got left behind so yeah managed to get through school just about managed to the shock of everyone to get into uni which was just even mentaler um and then managed to get First at uni, which like, just blew my parents' mind. I actually emailed my dad, and I was like, I told you I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I misspelled genius, and I spelled a Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's printed this email. It's on that um, toi- uh, well, toilet wall. Toilet um, wall. But yeah, so it was a lot of graph, but funnily enough, What I've come to realize is it's actually my dyslexia is one of the reasons that I've managed to be, I guess, an entrepreneur. So there are so 35% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic and 40% of self-made millionaires, which is mental Mm -hmm. considering it's around 10% of the population that is dyslexic. And so we're more likely to become entrepreneurs. And when we are, we're more successful at it. And I've come to realise that there's kind of key traits that dyslexics have that make us good entrepreneurs so we're more creative because apparently, according to Yale research, we have more data going into our brain all the time so we have wider peripheral vision and this is why we tend to be creatives in agencies and things like that. So we're just taking in all this data and then we're synthesising that into creative thought and gut feeling. And in the end, humans are the most sophisticated robots that exist, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just data we're bringing in and then that's creativity. So we're more creative. We have high levels of perseverance because mm-hmm. we've been through adversity when we're young we have really high levels of empathy and I think they don't really know why they maybe thought because we we're outsiders when we we're younger we really empathize with other people that are having challenges which makes us good leaders so there's all these brain traits that weirdly I fluke to get and now it's like <laughs> dyslexia is my complete superpower and it's really mental because something like 10-15 years ago you couldn't even donate sperm if you're a dyslexic because it was you no no it's like it's only recently and Richard branson who's the most yeah. famous dyslexic ever he actually yeah. started an all dyslexic sperm bank because <laughs> <laughs> he was like do of course you want a he dyslexic baby of course. And I was like, he starts yeah.
0: everything doesn't he under the sun he's amazing <laughs> yeah,
2: he's so great <laughs> So yeah, it's it's definitely my superpower. It does have challenges day to day, like I, I have half the reading speed of a normal um, human, I guess. But like, I would never give up those challenges for the benefits I also get in terms of how my brain's kind of wired. Yeah, <laughs>
0: completely. That's incredible. I didn't know any of that. Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, I knew that there was a link between dyslexic or dyslexia and creativity or creatives
0: Mm. because you have to think differently. I think that's that's kind of why I'm interested, is because we're very interested in people who think differently, creatively, go against the grain, and that's how your brain is automatically wired, which is just amazing.
2: Yeah, and the same like autism. I'm really fascinated with like James Hilton, who founded AKQA, Uh who he's autistic, and we do a lot of talks together, and you know the re i mean akqa was so groundbreaking as an agency tech agency or digital agency they were the first of their kind and and that really james's brain coming into effect like mm-hmm. that's the autism kicking in and it's just i think it's just magical we have got all these different brains sort of trying to Absolutely. do crazy things <laughs> Like well, you
0: said, you said it earlier. You don't want people to think the same. Like yeah. we'll never do anything different if we all think the same. Nah,
2: absolutely. So. Everyone, when it comes to neurodiversity, everyone's neurodiversity is slightly different as well. So, you know, Richard Branson is classic um, ADHD and dyslexic. Einstein was dyslexic and autistic. So everyone's got these interlinking circles, I guess. Oh, um, nice. Funnily enough, I've never had any spatial awareness, which you probably noticed. And um, <laughs> you, there's actually a link between dyslexia and dyspraxia, and that just explained all of my clumsiness <laughs> my entire <laughs> life. It's so. a medical condition. It's a <laughs> medical
1: condition <laughs> like, guys,
2: I've got <laughs> a certificate <laughs> yeah. okay. so, leave me alone when I touch <laughs> you on the tube accidentally because I really don't notice I'm the promise I didn't bring to. Yeah. Yeah. so it's just it's it's lovely that people are just different that's yeah. the most important absolutely. thing. absolutely
1: so houseboat you live on a houseboat I that's did. pretty cool that
0: was I one did. of the questions from someone in the studio they were like does she still live on a houseboat <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> I, do still I love, I love a houseboat
1: uh, I remember going on like family um, holidays on, uh,
0: on a barge was it Rosie and Jim they yeah. lived on a
2: houseboat yeah. yeah, it was no, yeah. So ours is a canal boat too. Amazing. And it is just magical. So yeah, we've been on there for four years oh, now. Wow. Um, and because we used to live in Australia. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, my husband just didn't want to live in a pokey flat and so can we live on a houseboat? So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, he does manage the boat because I did say, I'm starting a business. There is no way yeah. I can manage a boat and that. But we bought it on Gumtree without seeing the boat. We bought it in Stoke on Trent and then we motored it down from Stoke on Trent to London. And now we're moored in King's Cross. Boat. Yes, I'm <laughs> it's
0: from Stoke. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Okay, <amazing>. So yeah, we built it up there. So it was a lovely, it was amazing. Guide, but I think it was about four years he spent building the boat. Wow! And then he got married, and his missus didn't want to live on the boat. Oh. And so then he had to sell so it. So, so we got, the, got tell this me great. She's gone. On the boat. I said <laughs> to my husband, "You on the boat." I think you for the boat, but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an, yeah. So we got this amazing narrow boat, and then we we didn't have a mooring to begin with, so we were kind of having to move every two weeks. We'd be in Little Venice, and then we'd be in like Paddington. And then we'd be in King's Cross and Camden, oh, cool. and then got made the way all the way to Hackney. So every day I was getting off, or every two weeks, I was getting off at a new tube station and cool. having to find the boat. Where am I living tonight? Not great when you're twatters, tr- but anyway. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, but it's ma- it is really magical. But we have a permanent moorings now, which cool. is great. Do for you winter. drive it? I, uh, I We like. do, we do every now and again, but actually I've got three Wi-Fi lines that go into the boat now because I work every Saturday on there. And so we, we drive it occasionally. Funnily enough, it's more mates kind of come and park mm-hmm. up next to us and sort of stay yeah. the weekend and then motor off. But for our team away day last year, we basically did um, a whole canal cruise on our boat, but Amazing. with people opening the locks, and we split the it's team It's good for teams. pub crawls, because there's loads
1: of pubs on canals. Yeah. And Light bulb Somewhere. just went off <laughs> in my brain. <library. laughs> yeah. yeah. no, no, no. TFR pub, because we like a pub crawl.
0: TFR, the barge crawl. The
1: barge crawl. But, yeah. like, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, boats. <laughs> I being, like boats being used as the transport between pubs. On okay, a there,
2: there is an amazing company called Hidden Depths where okay. you can um, rent their boat, and she's a, she started the little boat company in King's Cross. About the time we moved in, and now she's built it up to four boats. And what I love about them is they moor outside an old people's home around the corner. Mm-hmm. And so part of their mooring license is they have to take all the community out for trips once a week. And That's I love cool. it. So That's it's like amazing. a community. So rent, rent hidden depths, and yeah, go, on go. For, go on. a go, on a support. So when
0: like. I edit this, I'm going to write it down. One hundred percent. That yeah. sounds incredible. Yeah. Pretty. I effort. fell off a barge once in
1: a really? lock. In a, in a lock. Yeah. It's quite in a, a lock. Cold. That's they're, really dangerous. dangerous. That was like a thirteen, fourteen. I, well, when I say I felt I got pushed off.
0: Oh, by who? Your
1: brother? We, no, no, because we used to go on family holidays uh, on badges, and then we also used to go on um, school trips. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so one of my ma- mates, in inverted commerce, <laughs> <such laughs> so, push hopes. you off,
2: yeah. ah, That's really dangerous, because yeah, boats they, are heavy, and, and so they, if they, they bash into so. yeah, wow.
1: But I had okay. to, yeah, that's a swim up. Oh, it's like, my God. God. But it already filled up, because isn't the danger that, if they're filling up, they've all got yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah the undercurrents and stuff underneath but it's already Ooh, filled up socky wonder yeah let's, so yeah wow. anyway let's not apart from that let's... it's actually really safe. <laughs> it's
2: the great thing about houseboats <laughs> is you can get really drunk driving yeah, them because there's no restrictions because they go so slowly yeah so like even our boat at full speed people are walking past yeah, faster, yeah. so you don't can't do that much damage so you can literally be twatted driving a houseboat and it's fine yeah. so but we actually woke up the other day because someone had driven into the lock and broken the lock and we woke up and the houseboat was completely on its side because it all the water had come out, and me and my husband were like, "What on earth is going on?" Our boat's on the side. We had to like rush to strap everything down in no! case we rolled. It was really scary, but anyway. Um, so, so you yeah. woke up literally on ninety degrees yeah, issue like, like that. we were on the side, fuck. going, "What on earth is happening?" So yeah, when the water goes down, it we just because we're on the side, it's hit the bank and the boat oh, side yielding over. But anyway. It. There we go. It's
1: part it. of it, it's part of it, there, isn't it. It is, like, it yeah. is, it is. It doesn't happen when you live in a house. No, unless that's true. Unless, you <laughs> like, unless you're like near like a you know, subsidence, where yeah, like yeah. next day you've woken up. <laughs> Over the cliff. Yeah.
0: I think I just have to say, I'm on a boat like every day. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to. Or like Joe on a boat. <laughs> I'd wake up and be like, <laughs> i still do that just, <laughs> um, it's
2: four years on and i'm like i live on a boat it's just so magical
1: maybe, maybe you'd be the only one that's been recognized by forbes creative review sunday times british interactive media okay, that's a mouthful isn't no, that? a, <laughs> british, uh, british interactive media association campaign like the list goes on and on and on but you must be the only one that lives on a boat <laughs>
2: There you go. there we go that is my claim to vote. Yeah.
0: Do you ever get a bit sick of all the of
2: all the praise that you're getting? It seems oh, pretty oh constant. God, it's a bit yeah. surreal sometimes. Like there's just it's just a bit you know, I mean I I'm a big believer in see it be it. And so, you know, creative industries bad enough but tech is appalling in terms of diversity and so just to put it into context only nine percent of um, funding angel funding goes to female founders so of all the money only nine percent when it comes to my level which is kind of like a series a Um, there's only 2.3% goes to female founders. So I guess I'm a big believer in sort of passing it on. And, you know, when I was starting out, the only people that really were out there as tech entrepreneurs, like Holly Tucker, who started Not On The High Street, and Martha Lane Fox, who started on Last uh, Minute. minute. That was kind of it, Catherine Parsons decoded. There was just not that many and I think like bros
1: funding bros, isn't it? That's what it
2: is. Yeah, it's really I mean, it really is actually like that. Like I was in the Valley recently or Silicon Valley in the US and investment deals are done on the golf course. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh fucking God, I, like golf is like my idea of living hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it actually is like that and that's gotta change as quickly as possible. And sure. it's a very complex challenge but yeah so I, I yeah it's just it's kind of nice and then also just hopefully it will inspire someone else to become a founder and mm. we'll yeah. get more people coming through yeah. i like the
1: idea of see a bit because if someone sees you up there going yeah i'm fucking striving forwards i'm building my business mm-hmm. and like, Right, well i'm gonna give it a go
2: yeah, yeah. well they pwc did this whole research and they found that in schools only seven 37 um, percent of kids couldn't name a female founder of of a tech company at fuck. all. Oh sorry, no, seventy the other way around. They only 30 whatever could. And so that's my dyslexia shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically no one knows who the fuck female founders are. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important, especially for the really young ones, because if you're not even thinking about this as a career or I could do it, then nothing's gonna change very quickly unfortunately. That's
0: so sad. Uh, but it's changing. It, it is. is, it is, yeah, agreed. I think I've said this before. Like I, I came into the industry two and a half years ago, and I've seen a shift already. Yeah. It's it's good to see yeah. stuff moving and like things going in the right direction. Yeah, it and for And
1: we sure. shouldn't be having to fight the problem in the first place. No. Like we shouldn't. It yeah. should that shouldn't be a problem that yeah. some school kids can't name. A female business owner no, um, not. or founder so i yeah. just think that's a bit shit but okay the problem is the problem let's go fucking solve it
0: let's yeah. sort
2: it out let's fucking solve it that's exactly the it.
0: there's nothing that's off limits on this podcast <laughs> by the way we like we like a bit of risky uh, who are the three people that you love and that you also hate within this industry?
2: Oh, the I'm most? a positive person. I never <laughs> do hate. Um, who I love the most, Ali at Creative Equals. Yes. I, I mean, a, yeah. I work hard. She works like 10 times hard. I mean, we, we chat on Saturdays where we're each other's like oh, support really? group because <laughs> yeah. it's like, we'll be on email together. And just what she's doing like inside businesses mm-hmm. is just epic. And to that vein, also Nena who runs We Are Stripes who does mm-hmm. the BAME yes. equivalent of Creative Equals is... Fucking brilliant. I um, I love Isabel, who runs Creative Mentor Network, yes. um, which is such an awesome organisation yeah. about mentoring the next generation. And yeah, I mean, funny enough, I really like Nicola Kemp. <laughs> I think yeah. It's not just she's written there, but she literally, she put her, she really fights the good fight she inside. She and, puts
1: herself out there. And yeah. she cops quite a lot of stick. Yes. Um, and I just think it's so unfair. Some mm. of the stuff that goes her way. Uh, but she was saying that you know she doesn't write about stuff that she's supposed to be writing about about mm. so she takes risks like she goes and writes about stuff and she's not paid to write mm. and that's the stuff that gives her the most uh criticism you know people will give her the most stick for I think fucking fair
2: play always going above and beyond mm-hmm. and yeah. she's just really lovely as well she's you know so when you're nice. like oh i just love when good people end up in good places yeah you're just completely so happy yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's one of the best things about this podcast is that we just get to interview people that we like and that we love and we just get to have a drink with them and it's just the best thing
2: <laughs> so what uh, what was david blunkett like when you, oh, you used yeah. to work for him yeah it was amazing so i um he was the most amazing man, and I think I learned a huge lesson. David was a genius because of his disability yeah. hmm. not despite of it and the reason being is he had no bias in his decision making process because he didn't he couldn 't see he would just input data and input what people were saying in a whole completely different way yeah. Yeah. than anyone else could and because of that he made such incredible decisions and yeah, it was one of those brilliant learnings where you're like, disability isn't a disability, yeah. it is actually an ability. So, yeah, there was a magical time, but at the same time, I was just not suited for government. I I, I was in there for a year, and it was all it was the Tony Blair years where it was all meant to be policy-based on evidence, which is really exciting as you're an economist, because you're like, oh, I can influence things. and It wasn't like that at all. It's basically politicians coming up with ideas and you having to kind of back them up with economics. And I just love people as well, yeah. and I was stuck in this, like, cubicle-y thing. So, um, yeah, so then I jumped ship and joined the Brit Awards, which was my first job. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, a, upper, that's a proper jump. That yeah. is. from, like, the home <laughs> office to the Brit Awards. It's like a
0: Grand Canyon sort of job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did your sort of time with David Blunkett influence, because you brought out a feature on the dots where you can, so you're anonymous, aren't you, yeah. sort of, you're just judged completely on your work.
2: Yeah. Was that influenced by him, or? It's basically influenced by loads of things, so yeah. that, but... You know, there there is just now endless research that people have biases. Everyone has biases, right? I mean, the dots is primarily female membership. That is my bias.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
2: LinkedIn is primarily male membership. That is Reid Hoffman, who founded LinkedIn. Bias. We all have biases, mm-hmm. but the challenge comes when there is a snap judgment that's made, which often happens in recruitment. So, if someone's searching the dots, so all a lot of the time, companies will be searching the platform as opposed to just putting up jobs. They do both. But they'll be searching the platform and there's research that if your name's Mark, you're more likely to get a um, offer for an interview than if your name is Mohammed, for example, or people will see Oxford and be more likely to get in touch with someone because of Oxford. So what the recruitment tool does is it removes anything that can bias that snap judgment, so you're judged on your work. So it removes profile image, first name, last name, educational background anything that's going to bias a decision as soon as you find someone amazing you then start chatting you know exactly who you're chatting to Mm -hmm. but just on those snap judgments that we all make it's just trying to remove those those biases So you're actually judging people on what they're doing and what they're creating which is how we should all be, but we we aren't, and we just yeah. have to recognise that. Yeah, so yeah,
1: it, and it's very difficult to be objective yeah. in that respect. Yeah. So like if you then have a tool that allows you to put some objectivity into your decision making mm-hmm. process, that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's like, a fucking risk because recruiters yeah. don't really want that. You know, people when they do recruitment, they do, but at the same pick, time, yeah. it makes it that a little bit slower because they're not able to make snap decisions, but they make yeah. better decisions.
2: Yeah, and that's a you know the massive one of the biggest bastions in terms of diversity is socio economic movement. You know, yeah. we could be like fully reflective I guess of society in many other ways but if we are all kind of the same educational level nothing's actually going to change so Mm -hmm. you know that I mean we for example removed that you can't search for people by where they went to school on the dots they should be judged on their work and again it's just you know recruiters will go okay they went to Central St Martins they should get it more over someone who went to university they didn't recognize Mm -hmm. but Not everyone can afford to go on the pipeline that gets you into Central St. Martin's. So we're missing out on all of this insanely great talent because they didn't have that.
0: What was that Creative Equals um, project? It was something like uh, there's more CEOs called Dave than there is women. Yeah, yeah, there's
2: more um, CEOs called Dave and John.
0: Oh, on yeah. the
2: f- who are CEOs of FTSE 100 companies than there are women yeah, and that's not them added together that's actually just John and Dave's and then <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, just like John and Dave in it <laughs> <insane>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a question what is Sadiq Khan like in <laughs> real life Oh. some
1: really some proper obscure name drops going on today. yeah I've really enjoyed the Alihanas and all that kind of stuff but then we've got like some David Blunkett <laughs> yeah. some Sadiq Khan. Yeah. it's a checkered path that you have uh, <laughs> made
2: Amazing. yeah he, you know it's been mental I'm on a scale up program which is run by the mayor's office I'm part of 15 female founders that they're supporting and That's been incredible. We've done a trip to San Fran all together, just exploring what it would be to expand to the US and things like that. And what is amazing about Sadiq is I went on a trip with him to Paris. And that morning, he basically hung out with us on the train, Eurostar. And he's so present and he's so on it. Like suddenly, within a moment, he understood what I was doing, asking me brilliant questions. And then I started watching him on Twitter. And I was like, that guy's done like... 25 different engagement of similar things with what I've done and you just think you are the hardest working most incredible man to be present mm-hmm. in every conversation you have also the next time I we went to an event he recognised me and came straight over and said hey Pitt and I was like right, you are mentally amazing and I just I think just he's just done so much for, um, you know, supporting female founders. I mean, the stuff that they do at the mayor's office supporting us has been incredible, but in diversity in general in celebration of diversity in general. And he just always seems to talk from the heart and speak about what he cares about, which Mm -hmm. is.
0: What does taking a risk mean to you? Very broad question, but.
2: I mean, innovation is literally about fucking up all the time and taking risk all the time I yeah. mean the founder of Amazon famously said you know Amazon is basically just a billion mistakes and a billion experiments you know it's if you're not taking risks on a daily basis you're not really innovating so mm-hmm. that's my my journey is just this insane roller coaster ride of things that we do but I think the most important thing is understanding when you're going the wrong way and then being able to kind of write that and mm-hmm. and doing small incremental improvements but yeah my my guess is it's starting and running a business. It's yeah. like the Absolutely. scariest fucking thing in the world. I, would you yeah. do it again?
1: If you, if you knew what you knew now, would you do
2: it again? I could never go back to full-time work. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it because you get to handpick an incredible team. Mm-hmm. I come to work every day. I love the people I work with. I'm passionate about what we're building. I'm passionate about the community. I just don't even know if there's a business that shares the same sort of values that I've been able to create, I guess, little, um, in, yeah. in, in tech, potentially. God, could there be one in tech? No. God, scary. There's also also
1: (laughs) quite a lot of of fellas, a lot of men, male-run tech.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like 11% female. Yes. That's Ugh. terrifying. So slack. Slack, slack, yeah, but like, I mean, who is going to be? But like, Slack, Slack, Slack's it. got a British founder. It's amazing. Carol, oh, really? Yeah, Cal, who's the CTO? He's uh, British, which is incredible. That's pretty oh. good. Yeah, 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah, I we yeah, yeah. Slack here. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah okay. There's a
2: couple of British unicorns at the moment. So there's He's Michael Acton Smith who founded Calm, yes. yeah. which I love. But so. that's going to be
1: his second one because didn't he do Moshi? He did Moshi monsters, monsters first.
2: I saw him speak. Yeah, I've seen it he had a sparkly belt
0: it was fat he, he I, I love sparkly <laughs> belts <laughs> I remember he got up on stage I was like yes you're like a, mag-
1: <laughs> you're like a magpie you're like he fuck in, he's got a shiny belt
0: yeah ears pinned back I was like you're all mine and yeah <laughs> Michael <Anyway. laughs> give me that belt I <laughs> don't anyway uh, <laughs>
1: So yeah, but Calm's gonna uh, probably going to debut as well, isn't it? I well, think. they've
2: just raised and now uh, you know it's amazing. Like because Michael's story is really brilliant because Moshi Monsters obviously was like huge, yeah, and then it wasn't, and mm. so he he got a massive offer from a company, turned it down, and then after he turned it down, things started going, know, to unravel. And literally, because of the anxiety he felt during that unravelling, he then turned to meditation and then that turned into calm. calm and so it's Which is
1: now a, a big deal, it's I think. Incredible.
2: It's yeah. And his business partner is the business partner who invented the million-dollar yes. um, web page yes. yes. where you had to buy a logo the and pixel like, for a pixel. It was yeah, a yeah. pound of pixel. Now it's his business partner. And I was like, Mad. who's like that is mental. Who comes up with that idea? One of those genius ideas no one can ever do and do again. And so good.
0: A million
2: pounds for one screen. Screen. for a,
0: for a <laughs> yeah. webpage but yeah you were recently put on a list of 100 makers of Hundred makers and mavericks with Elon Musk. What's that like to be? Because you're you're on these incredible sort of like List, lists and yeah. awards and all that sort of thing, and rightly so, like one hundred percent. But what's it like to see what you're oh, that, there with? That
2: one was the weirdest. Yeah. So it's like so mental. I didn't even they didn't email me or anything. So it was like suddenly someone just tagged me in this thing, and I was like, huh? and then I opened it. And it was like Elon and then me and then a hundred other people, and I was <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so funny. And my blessed husband even so proud he sent it to my dad and then my dad basically sent it to everyone I think he's ever met. and it was just the most
0: gorgeous thing
2: and so for a whole day my dad's just sending me emails back from all these kind of random family friends they love you Um, and I was it was just really yeah it was it was totally totally surreal wow. um, so yeah I mean Elon is you know what he's creating is insane I mean we want to get there one day I'm not sure if I can be the one below him quite <laughs> yet <Yeah. laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just so sweet like it definitely made my dad's year yeah. I was like oh dad knows sort of what I do <laughs> <It was great. laughs>
1: is that so that's he's going to print that out and put it on the, on the back it'll of the toilet it'll be on the toilet, toilet. On it'll the be toilet. next to the Guinness yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Guinness, Guinness and Elon next to Guinness
0: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine so what's your daughter do is that go into the toilet Yeah. Like, second <laughs> yes. this is like the wall of fame <laughs> yeah. you have to have a poo though you have to have a sit down
1: one just you know. so you can read the email so properly can... <laughs> for
0: yeah. sure
2: our toilet is like that by the way it's really like everything it's all the random is it situation.
0: like people's fridges but you have it
2: in your toilet we have it in toilets so like my dad got arrested once in New Zealand what? it's his arrest certificate it's like my little <laughs> sister like learnt <laughs> To type, but it's like a grade one typing. It's Aww. the most random, like anything our family's ever achieved, from yeah. being arrested to. T- learning to, to type, type. <laughs>
0: I love that's an achievement everything, everything in <laughs> so, between what did uh, he get arrested for
2: oh it was just speeding but uh, uh, yeah it wasn't anything that fun but he just he got really excited about being arrested so he framed it okay it's what I
0: did yeah. <laughs> so yeah
2: it's kind of it's a brilliant like remembrance of what
0: we yeah. all do in <laughs> our life highlights of life yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you very
1: much for coming in. Oh, yes. my God, it's been yes. brilliant. It's, it's been, been so really much great. fun. Yes, thank, you thank you for having t- me.
0: So nice to meet you in person, finally, <laughs> as I know. well. It's like, it's like, we've like video hangouts
2: with your brilliant pink wall in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. No, it's, it's been good. It's awesome. been fab. Thank, thank, you. You. thank right, you. One more cheers. Cheers. Yay. Cheers. cheers.
0: Right. <laughs> hey. Au revoir.